All right, Ben. Well, what's going on? Um, you went to Peru? No, yeah. That was a couple of years back. Started off the trip in Peru for a month. Was with a few, with a buddy for 10 days and then kind of just trekked solo for the next three weeks. And definitely, the if everyone asks where to go, that's always where I recommend. Peru. And where is that? South America. Yeah, what's cool about it is it's got a little bit of everything. You know, you've got the Amazon rainforest, you've got a huge strip of coastline with some amazing surf, and you've also got like, you know, uh, Machu Picchu, so you got the history side, and then it's just a whole other culture. So it's just a little bit of everything, and the food is also great, which is, you know, an added bonus. What kind of food is it? Uh, their real big thing that they do there is ceviche. Uh, they have a loma soltado, which is like a stew kind of beef and rice dish. And then the weird thing they have is they also eat uh, guinea pigs. Guinea pigs? Uh, guinea pigs, yeah. <laughs> you literally go to a market and you'll just see live guinea pigs for sale. Um, it's kind of like a delicacy out there. Really? Have, yeah. have you tried one? I did try it, yeah. What is it? it tastes like chicken. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's pretty pretty normal yeah everything tastes like chicken you know how it works (laughs) (laughs) so i guess what what started that whole idea of even going to peru peru um in particular because that was the first step of the trip right yeah that was that was kind of what started it all um i guess i i knew i wanted to do a big travel trip i wanted to go to some new places and south america was a whole entire continent that i'd never been to uh, Machu Picchu always blew my mind because, like, how did they manage to get rocks bigger than the size of cars up onto the top of a mountain? Um, so, yeah, I just kind of saw some – one of my friends I vaguely knew uh, went there, and I just hit her up. And I was like, hey, I saw you were in Machu Picchu. And she was like, yeah, I love Peru. Sent me, like, a four-week itinerary, and I basically just followed it. Like, it was – it was sounded like a thing I wanted to do. She sent me everything from where to stay, how to get around Peru on the buses, like what I should do while I'm down there, prices. It was it was the most intense itinerary ever, and it was pretty much just followed the whole thing. That's awesome. That's <laughs> I think I don't know. You tell me. Is that a place where someone would want to go? Who wants to? I guess go on an adventure i guess rather than like a trip to hawaii or something yeah yeah i feel like the you know there's the the hippie soul searching side of peru it's a great place to travel alone uh pretty much everyone i met when i was there was also traveling alone so you know they say when you travel alone you're never alone and i couldn't agree with that more you're just hanging out with random strangers every single night but you end up linking up with them and traveling with them i've actually had like four different people come stay with me at my house here in san diego and that you met on that trip yeah that i met on that trip and i've gone and visited them in their country and that was like you know that's kind of one of the secrets parts of traveling that a lot of people don't really talk about especially if you do if you go alone it's the friends you make like they're the friendships you make along the way are just that's the best part about it almost it was the it was the most unexpected part for me too. That's crazy. I guess that you have to kind of be that open mindedness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know? you find yeah you find those same like minded people, 
Yeah. Well, if you're going there alone, you better talk to people because yeah, you're hey, going to be pretty lonely. Yeah, I'm not going to sit there and just, you know, twiddle my thumbs in my hostel. Like, I'm sure in a room with 15 other people, so I might as well uh, make some friends. Well, I guess hostels get a bad rap. Why? I guess they do. They do. That's yeah. what I've heard. You know, and some of them deserve it, to be honest. They can be pretty disgusting at times, um, especially in, like, nicer countries disgusting how so they're like do you get like, clean sheets and food yeah you get clean sheets you get food but it's like i i don't know i've stayed in some where the plumbing doesn't work that's always that's always a fun issue but i've also stayed in some that are nicer than hotels i've stayed at and it normally tends to be like the the night the grocer the hostel is actually in the nicer of the nicer countries like europe and around in like you know the united maybe states maybe because it's less common there yeah, it's just like it's the the cost, you know, the the cost to pay someone to do something in America is more expensive. So, you know, you can get much cheaper labor down in Peru and they could build you like a nice hostel and they could clean the whole place for, you know, one third of the cost. Yeah. Probably one tenth of the cost here. So well, I think that's kind of the, the purpose of going down there and uh, soul searching, going on an adventure like that is to stay at somewhere like a hostel or, you know, kind of get out of your element more rather than going and staying at a hotel and just hanging out at the hotel. Yeah. You know, when you go at a hotel or every hotel I've ever stayed at, like I've never, I've never made friends. I, I don't go there to meet people. I go there to relax by the pool. Yeah. Have my little pina colada and, you know, just chill with the people that I go with. But that's what's so cool about when you travel by yourself. Um, you don't have anyone to sit by the pool next to you <laughs> unless you make that friend and then everyone's in your room you're sharing a bedroom with what 15 30 people so it just makes it a lot easier to make friends and well that's also an, an active trip right peru rather than you know a, a spot like hawaii you know yeah. you're going to peru and you're going there to do activities right yeah do, yeah do they have areas that are i guess more hangout ish for families or you know, everyone could do like, like you can go to Hawaii and you can go surf pipeline and you can go hike a mountaintop or you could stay at a resort and sit on the beach. You know, you can do what you want to do where you want to do it. But yeah. Peru is definitely like that. There's, there's a lot of action adventure. Like I went zip lining, we went whitewater rafting, we um, hiked four days straight to make it to Machu Picchu um what is machu picchu so machu picchu is it's like a old temple basically that like i want to say the incans oh god i'm not, I'm not is it a pyramid no it's not a pyramid have you ever, i don't know if you've ever seen it. it's on the top of a mountain and and it's just like this it's like a community that they built like up on top of this mountain and it's just it, it kind of has like that crazy thing in the pyramids where like they've made these ma like rocks bigger, like as big as wide as this room are just perfectly cut and just stacked on boulders. top of each other. Yeah. And it's like, how in the hell did they get up there? Like, it's just like, like the technology. You can, go inside. That, yeah, you can go inside, you can walk around. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. It's, it's incredible how they were able to build that. And it's still standing and they don't know how much longer they're going to let people walk around it anymore. Really? Because they're worried about, you know, we're kind of destroying it because people are walking, you can walk through it and and, uh, and around it. And it's just, it's like these beautiful ruins of 
what looked like was an actually amazing community and just above the treetops. So it's it's a sight to see for sure. So it's like a it's like a town. Yeah, it was like a little town uh, back in the day. Um, that they decided, I don't know why they decided, hey, we're going to live all the way up there. We're going to have to lug all the rocks up there. But they, uh, that's kind of where they set up shop. And Well, it might have been safer from yeah, animals yeah. and predators. Oh, and, yeah, and other tribes and people. Because, hmm. yeah, it's, it's literally, uh, you, you, can, you just look down as far as you can see at, every, at everyone. That's so, crazy. Yeah, that's, that's pretty freaking cool. <laughs> Did you know if they had tribes and stuff at that time? Well, I don't know, like what I, i'm blanking right now that did you guys was, get like a whole history lesson on it or did you just go tour it on your no, own no we did get a whole history we had like so we did like this four-day tour um well, it was died. actually the incan so that was blanking earlier huh. i was thinking it was the mines it was the incan um civilization that like lived there um but yeah we, we followed like the inca trail they had all these trails in the mountaintops uh to like escape like the conquistadors when they came and like to get from one community to another so we did this four-day hike uh, through the jungle, and um, yeah, this like we had a tour guide with us the whole time. It was me and Navid, and one other person, and it was like a four-day hike, three hundred thirty dollars for four days. You go whitewater rafting, mountain biking, zip lining, and you have a that's all your food and accommodation for four days. It's just like it's like two weeks worth of activities in four days. So I've. I think it was one of the, the coolest thing I've ever done. <laughs> Dang. It really, it was, it was. I'm going to have to go check it out. Yeah, that's, it's, it's the spot to go. Like here, you can ball out on a budget. So you were inspired by your friend that went? You saw that your friend went? Yeah, I saw Like not even that close of a friend. Like I, I, I knew, I always had an interest in Machu Picchu when they were te- teaching about it in school. Cause it's like, you know, the pyramids like kind of almost just doesn't make sense. And, and then more I looked into it, it just kind of had everything I wanted. Um, you know, you could get that cultural experience. Definitely wanted to go to a country that was a little bit cheaper, so I didn't have to break the bank too much. And then it had it has amazing surf too, so you kind of kind of could do a little bit of everything. Did you guys surf there too? Oh yeah, stayed at a host- another hostel right on the beach. Surf right out front. Swim up pool bar. Ten dollars a night. Happy hour every other hour. I'll never forget that. Place. That's crazy. Made man. a lot of really good friends there. Why would you want to leave? <laughs> ah, God, that's what I, everyone says. <laughs> I ask myself that sometimes. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was like it was. It was one hell of an experience, honestly. Would you go back? Oh, Peru! I have a hundred. I will go back. I, I will. That's. I, I any time anyone asks, like you know, I did. I got fortunate enough. I did. 20 countries in six months and you did yeah in that six month travel span um did you know you wanted to do that hit that many like you set out in this six months i'm gonna go to travel no not really places? i kind of like I, I planned out the first part of my trip um like the first month and a half like in south america and then um i kind of realized like a lot of people i was meeting traveling would just kind of book a one-way flight and then figure it out once they got down there. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds reckless and crazy, but that's like, if you're doing a long trip like that, that's how you should do it. Because it gives you that flexibility where you don't have to worry. 
about, you know, oh, I got to be at this place to make this flight. So I go here at this point in time. Because the thing is, when you're traveling alone, you're making friends. And and you there's a ton of things that if that first month, for example, like when I was in Peru, I planned out pretty much everything. So it was my, you know, first time ever going alone. And, and there's so many things I could have done if I left it open-ended. Like I didn't even know about a thing called Rainbow Mountain um, down near Cusco. And it's this beautiful mountain that has so many different colors on it. It looks like a rainbow. Would have definitely loved to hike that. Got to go back and do it now. But I ended up doing the whole open-ended thing when I went to go stay with Sam, my brother, um, in Barcelona. I just booked a one-way flight out there while he was studying abroad and went with the flow and everything worked. Like it was like, just found the cheapest flights, kind of like I would show up at a city and make friends. And then they were like, oh, we're going over here. And I'm like, I'll come with. Like, <laughs> And I did up somehow I hit seven different, um, what do you call it? Like, like I don't wanna say independence, like national holidays by coincidence just because I was able to be so flexible and go with the flow for a couple months and couldn't have worked out better, honestly. Like it was probably one of the cool, like that was, that was the, my little unplanned travel section where it was just, everything was working. <laughs> yeah. Just cause you could just, you, well, know, you were just going with the flow, going with the flow. And like when you, when you kind of let yourself be a little bit uncomfortable like that, I don't know, it kind of tends to fall in place. Because you can just do what you want when you want to do it. It was kind of the most. So you ended, you ended up going to places that you weren't even thinking about going just because people were going there. Yeah, like I I remember I saw a friend was studying abroad in Brussels. I hadn't seen in a few years, so I was like, oh, I'm in <laughs> Paris, which is a two hour bus ride away. Like, want to hang out? <laughs> Never been to Brussels before, and um, went there. It was a, and visited her and she was super nice. Let me stay with her for a few days. And then her friends were like, we're going to go to Amsterdam. It's two hours away. And they're having wow. a King's Day, which is insane. Like the entire city. It's like 4th of July for Amsterdam. and But they set up DJ booths and stages across the city. <laughs> it's the only day you're allowed to drink in public. It's just everyone wears that bright orange that's super famous in Amsterdam. And just parties and i was like i didn't even know these girls the day before and they're like next thing i know i'm on a bus with them headed out to amsterdam to wow have a good time yeah so it was uh, that was that's the whole fun and joy of being able to go with the flow and having the time to do it that's crazy well you got to experience a lot of different cultures oh yeah and a lot of different societies well mm -hmm. what are your views on that seeing so many other cultures and societies um i guess what's cool you know like especially in like poorer countries you you know they're way less fortunate than us so you would expect a lot of people to be kind of down and out like damn like i how am i gonna you know feed my kids how am i gonna they have real life problems and what just always blows my mind is is they just tend to be happier a lot of times, it seems like. They don't have the kind of the same obsession that most Americans do with like materialistic items. And, and like, it's like, you know, in America, it's like you get a big house, 
you want a bigger house, you become a millionaire, you want to be a billionaire. It's like, there's never enough. But, but, you know, I think money can cause a lot of problems with a lot of people. Um, and you see it down there, like they, they have nothing, but they're always smiling. So it's like, kind of shows you like, what what's important in life or kind of that's how I felt about it. Like it was like, you know, if if these people who have nothing can be happy, why are the people that have everything unhappy? It's like it doesn't and I, I think it just kind of shows you that money can really be an issue for some people. I think, you know, God, having money's nice, but you know, if you if you just keep wanting the next designer bag or another sports car, like you're chasing something like it never ends, you know, like it just, you can only buy it. You can buy another more expensive bag and another more expensive car or, and it was just like very interesting to see. Cause like, you know, I'm like what they say is like depression is a first world problem. Um, so like they, there is more, the suicide rates are higher in countries that are better off than country, like, like countries in Africa. Like they don't, they don't tend to have those problems in those countries as much. So it was like kind of like a, you know, remove yourself from that bubble that we you know is bubble we've all grown up in, where pretty much everyone is well off, and but and kind of put yourself in another place, someone else's shoes, and well, it's kind of like a social pressure, right? Yeah, I think that's that's a you huge. know I think what you're saying with the first world problems and things like that. There's a lot of social pressure you know of others in the community your friends you know to do well Mm -hmm. and whereas the people in the third world countries are just happy to be here Mm -hmm. you know to be having this experience yeah it's just kind of living in the moment yeah situation it's something so much more deep though because i feel i feel that they do push it in our society more that you need to get the next newest car you need to get you know the newest iphone and on and on and on you know i don't feel maybe that's as much of the narrative in the third world countries yeah 100 percent. and it's you know there's pros and cons to both obviously but i definitely do think happiness is the most important thing in life so i was going to say it lies somewhere in the middle right because Obviously, you need money to be able to do the things that you did in travel. Exactly, yeah. But you don't need all the money in the world and to be yeah. pulling your hair out, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You don't want to be, you definitely don't want to be scrapping for food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess if, ever, if everyone could just realize that it lies somewhere in the middle, because you don't want to be the guy who has the car, the watch, the house, all the money. And still not be happy, mm-hmm. you know, but you also don't want to be absolutely with nothing, you know, so it, it just lies somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I agree with that, definitely. But, yeah. So, so you go and travel to all these different countries. Um, you go to Amsterdam. Where do you go to next? Um, from Amsterdam, like directly after I flew to Germany. And we went to Oktoberfest. <laughs> where, where in Germany? Uh, Munich. Okay. Um, so they do, you know, you get the later hoses, you got your steins. 
and met Sam and Louie and all those guys and Jake Martell and all those guys out there um, for a couple pretty reckless days. It's beautiful out there. Oh man, it was it was beautiful. It was freezing cold. Really? Uh, yeah, we were like indoors all the time, so that was pretty nice. But it was, yeah, it was it was pretty wild, honestly. That's <laughs> they, they really. I miss that in this day and age, like just being out and about with a ton of people and live music and not worrying about COVID. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. That was a good time. Wow. Yeah. No, that way it was crazy. We, that was like the whole, you know, go with the flow thing. Then I had an old, I don't know if you remember my old root, next door neighbor, Tungi. He was from Germany. Um, yeah, I think we met up with him. Yeah, the guy who used Germany. to play the piano on the beach all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you guys, yeah, you did meet up with him. Yeah, I did. Yeah, there, yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah, it's a super crazy party um, <laughs> over at Berlin, like uh, May, May Day. Because that's where we met up with him. Yeah, yeah. And so, we're, oh, okay, cool. We'll come there. Same thing as King's Day. Just boom, whole city's partying. Like. In Europe, they do it differently than we do it out here because they're allowed to drink in public. So it's you do, the park all of a sudden becomes a dance floor. And was, <laughs> that's awesome. That was probably one of the craziest like week of my life. But uh, there's it the beauty of just being flexible and go with the flow. And everything in Europe is so damn close. You could just hop on a train or a bus. Yeah, it's crazy because once we got over there, we were kind of just hopping around on, on a plane you know, to a bunch of different places and it was all short flights compared to yeah. the 11, 12 hours that it took to get there. So, <laughs> or, or the five hours to get across our country. Yeah. It's pretty insane how big yeah. America is. So where do you think you would, like, where's your next place you'd want to go to? Um, I mean, Peru obviously stands out to yeah, me. It's just, I, I'm not too informed on um, different destinations like, Peru, I haven't spoken with anyone that's been to very many other places that have been like, you got to go here. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so Peru is definitely up there. Yeah. No, um, I've been shoving that one down your throat for yeah. a while. <laughs> I don't know if that's one that I'll do alone. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll get you alone solo traveling one day. Yeah. I've been telling you that. Maybe for a little tester. Yeah. A little like five, six days or something. <laughs> you'd be fine. You'd love it. I think, I think you'd, you'd. Was that scary for you? Oh, yeah. I remember my parents dropping me off at the airport, and I was so nervous. I was so nervous. It's like, am I going to have any friends? Am I going to spend the next month by myself? And uh, pretty much right away, all of that was gone. It was when I realized that everyone else... South America is definitely a really big solo travel spot. Like, people go there, they do the five-month thing, and... The five-month thing. Well, like, you know, I mean, like, most people in America, they go on a two-week vacation once a year. Yeah. It's not really a very common thing to go travel for several months. Um, But, you know, in other countries, it is, like, Europe and stuff, it is a little more common for people to kind of take a little sabbatical. (laughs) Well, maybe it's because they're not as wrapped up in, uh, I guess, the rat race. Yeah, we definitely in society. I can't leave. I got to work. Yeah, no, we you know? we definitely have a lot of that here. Because that could change your life. Yeah, going to Peru and all these places that could change the way you look at life. You know, just like from what you're telling me about the people who don't have as much and are less fortunate, but they're all very happy. Yeah, you know. Then we look at some of the people in our society that we know have a lot of things, a lot of material things, a lot of success, and they're not happy. 
Yeah. So it's like, well, what's the point of getting all that stuff if you're not going to be happy? Yeah. And the reality is, is that you can be happy wherever you're at. In both situations. Yeah. But you got to, I think it's definitely just knowing what you want and what makes you happy. Um, You know, because some people, like some people love to work. They, they, they love it. And honestly, right now I'm in a job where I am loving working. It took me a long time to find that spot. Um, but now it feel I can kind of understand. Whereas at first I was like, I just want to get away. I want to like go see the world. And now I, you know, I bummed it around enough to the point where I'm like, okay, I've done that as that's kind of passed me. I'm ready to kind of focus on the future. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So did you have an idea of what you wanted to do or did your parents um, influence you to go travel or how did that come about? Yeah, like, so, you know, my dad, uh, back when he was, you know, 25 years ago, whatever, when he was our age, um, post-college, he went and backpacked for a year after college. And he's always kind of gave me ideas like, you should do it, you should do it. And I was kind of unsure. You know, I was obviously dating someone at the time, and I was like, I don't know if I want to leave them for that long. And my dad kind of just sat me down one day, and he was like, you know, you don't have to do this. Like, by no means am I saying this is something you need to do. But as life goes on, you just have more responsibilities, naturally. Like, you know, you progress in your career. There's family, there's kids, and you can't do it. So if you're going to do it, you, you, sh- you should go now. And this is the time to do it. And I kind of just thought to myself, like, damn, <laughs> sounds like, sounds a little scary, like going by myself, but I can't imagine like missing out on an opportunity like that. And he was so passionate about his experience and me going that I was like, it seems like thro- I'm throwing away something that could, you know, like you said, change like the rest of the outcome of your life. Yeah, I mean, it could change your whole perspective of life mm-hmm. yeah and do you I honestly, feel that that's what it did for you yeah you know i you see all the people on instagram like traveling changed me and i don't want to be one of those kind of uh basic kind of girls that says that but like you know it really does kind of puts things in perspective and makes you realize what what is important to you what what are you looking for in life like what what where because you know if you want to do you want to be the guy that works a few months and and travels over the next 10 years? He kind of finds out jobs where he goes. Or is this like a once one-time experience? Because there's definitely some people who get wrapped up in it for, I don't know, I don't want to say too long, but I could only live in hostels for so long or live in a van for so long. And I'm very, very happy I did it, but uh, – I also do like my own bed at the end of the night. <laughs> like, oh, that's good. Yeah, my own bed, my own space. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy concept. Yeah, because <laughs> if, if you really did enjoy living in the hostels and in a van, then you'd be super hippie, huh? Oh, uh, it's a little too hippy-dippy <laughs> yeah. for me. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Wow. Well, it looks like you got a lot from traveling. Yeah. And you kind of looked at it as like a segment of life. Yeah. Rather than like a lifestyle. A lifestyle, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for me, it was like, you know, I, I was 20-something years old, 23 or something, and it was, I know life just goes on and gets busier, and I just wanted to see some spots and kind of, you know, as you get older, you want to stay at those nicer 
places like you've been working so hard for so long you want to stay somewhere a little nicer you want to you know at a nicer hotel you want to like go to nicer restaurants versus like when you're you know spending ten dollars at a night at a hostel that comes with free breakfast you're living a very different it's a very different way of traveling and i'm really happy i did it you know you're, you're definitely counting pennies at the end of the day but um you get those experiences that you don't get from staying at a resort. You, you meet those people, you, you kind of, you kind of see the country for what it really is versus, you know, that glamorized resort that's picture perfect all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, a, you're experiencing it, I guess, while you're able to tolerate it. Cause maybe if you were to go there exactly. in yeah. your later twenties, 30s 40s 50s you wouldn't want to go even experience that i don't think i'd want to share if you know yeah. i'm married do i do i go to a hostel and share yeah. share a room with 15 30 people like <laughs> i like a party hostel too where or you can't sleep until 2 a.m no like i'm probably not gonna want to do that i hope i don't want to do that yeah <laughs> but i definitely did enjoy it when i was doing it <laughs> that's crazy man yeah. was, wow well, do you want to pass that on to maybe your children in the future? Oh, I'd re I recommend everyone does it, honestly. You know, you, you could really, if you save up, you, you, in these other countries like Peru, if you're in Southeast Asia, you, you can, like, hell, you spend $1,000 on rent a month here. $10 a night at a hostel is $300 a month, and that comes with free breakfast. <laughs> so that's, you got three months rent in one month. Or well, a little more than three months. So I guess three months then in different areas because they were all yeah. money just stretches. Yeah. A lot farther down there. And it's, it's a lot of people ask me like, how do you do it? And, you know, I'm not, I'm not staying at those resorts. I'm buying the cheapest yeah. hotel, not really eating out. Um, well, you can when you're in. I got a four course meal in Peru for two fifty. Two dollars. Two dollars and fifty cents. We got our soup. We got our. We got our salad. We got our like. I don't even know. I don't have four course meals normally. So That's I don't even crazy. Know. There's another meal. There's the dessert. There's the entree. Um, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty wild. Like, if you, uh, yeah. Wow. Well, you've been to Mexico. You know, like it's. Dollar's pretty strong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially when you go to those places in Thailand and other places. Cause did you go to Thailand? Yeah, we did Thailand. Yeah. So you hit Peru, then you went over to Amsterdam in that area, and then yeah. you went to Thailand in, yeah. a, in the same trip? Yep. It, yeah, so it was yeah, South America to Europe for a bit, and then a little Southeast Asia for a bit as well. Is that where Thailand is? Yeah. Thailand, Vietnam, Indonesia. You went to all those places? Cambodia, Laos. What were those like? Uh, I love that part of the world, man. Everyone's South America is definitely a little sketchier, <laughs> but they're very peaceful out there. They, you know, it's just kind of a more, it's more hippy dippy down there or out there. <laughs> in Peru? No, no, in uh, Asia. Like they have a lot of Buddhist culture. Yeah. Those people are very peaceful. Um, it's very much like don't steal like don't no violence like it's it's they've got a good thing going it's and that's just, all the places indonesia thailand yep. yeah uh, 
they have Indonesia has a little more of like a Muslim background as than um, the rest of them, but they're the same way. Like you know, they really um, just the way they treat everyone. They're so kind, so nice, and they're just always smiling, man. <laughs> Are there things like uh, Machu Picchu, like? monuments i guess in indonesia thailand and stuff uh yeah like i would it's like machu picchu for me i think it's one of the coolest things in the world but um there is tons of beautiful buddhist temples like we went to it's just it's like everything is plated in gold it's just like i've never seen wow anything like it you go up staircases with dragons going up them and and yeah the temples out there are just beyond phenomenal like they it's really frustrating. that's crazy because they're um i guess you don't identify the hierarchy of culture out there like you don't see like oh this guy's balling or that like you see more so just the people and the culture you don't see as much of um i guess their society structure yeah, uh, yeah, you don't really see a BMW out there. <laughs> yeah, it's not like our little Carmel Valley bubble, <laughs> where that's probably the most common car on the road. Um, yeah, you know. Well, I feel like even if you go to places, um, Florida or these other places like Texas, um, you know, you you can see a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or something like that. You know. Yeah. You don't see that stuff necessarily in these other areas. No, a lot of dirt roads. <laughs> really? <laughs> a lot of dirt roads. And you're staying at hostels out there too? Uh, no, I, uh, well, that was when I was traveling with your sister and <laughs> she's not really the hostel type. So we, yeah. but you could still get like a boutique hotel for like 10, 15 bucks a night. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. To have I've heard Thailand's and, really cool. Oh man. Loved it. We did, we did a month out there actually. It was a whole month, a whole month. That's a long time. That was yeah. a long time. Yeah. There's just so many gorgeous island. That was where uh, became open water certified. Nikki learned how to scuba dive, and we saw the whale shark. It's one of the it's the cheapest place in the world to get certified scuba dive, and it has some of the most amazing diving out in the world too. Um, just so warm, no wetsuit. The visibility was phenomenal, so you can see like a football field away. Wow! And it was just that scuba diving. Whew, that was. And there's a shipwreck out there. It was like, it was. How deep did you guys go? Um, well, I went deeper because she got, uh, I'm advanced and she was just regular open water. So uh -huh. I went like 100 feet deep. I you think. went 100 feet? Yeah, 100 feet. And that's 100 feet to the floor or 100 feet to? Wherever you are. Wow. <laughs> it gets deeper. <laughs> By that point, it's pretty hard to see the surface because um, you're just so deep. <laughs> Dang. It's just blue. And everywhere. that's and you gotta see the shipwreck? I gotta see the shipwreck, yeah. That's another advanced thing too though. Wow. Yeah. To do wreck diving. To go through it? You can kinda you're not supposed to go through it, uh, but you can kinda like But you're with peer a guide? In there. Yeah, you have it you go with the dive master. Yeah. Um and take you around. It was a old it was an old American warship, so there's a massive machine gun turret on the front of it. And it was just so, that's awesome. It was pretty badass. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. I love scuba diving. That's trippy, that. man. Yeah. That'll freak you out. <laughs> yeah. Just thinking of being that deep underwater. Yeah. And you're breathing 
through a tank. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. I, that's, I think it's one of the best things to pair with traveling. You can go to a lazy beach island with nothing to do, crystal clear water, and then you go down underneath the surface and you're just exploring a whole other world. It's like this exciting adventure rush. And then you come back up and you just lay on the be- lazy beach island. <laughs> really adds a whole other element to everything, I think. That's crazy. That kind of sounds more dare- daredevil-ish. <laughs> sounds like you like that. Uh, you know me. <laughs> You've done me for long enough now. It's it, Honestly, it's, it's the thought of it is so much scarier than the act of it is the best way I would say. Like, it's like, I get a little intimidated. Like, I remember we went, when I was in the Galapagos, where, like, the big thing there is seeing schools of hammerheads. And I'm freaking out when I'm like, <laughs> I'm like oh, my God, I don't know if I want to see these 10-foot sharks. Like They're telling you this before you guys go in? Yeah, this, that's the famous thing. That, like, you are they you can see up to 50, 100 massive schools of hammerhead sharks. And... They're, they're, they're pretty friendly. Um, but you're freaked out. I'm freaked out. Like, I, you know, it's a shark. <laughs> Who knows what can and happen. And those are pretty dangerous. I think they're one of the more aggressive ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, they kind of got, well, we, we ended up seeing them. And once you, they Did see you, you they just dip out. Yeah. I have a, I got a, I got a video of it. Really? Everything. Yeah. There was like, I think 15 of them just kind of swimming around. And, and the head is like. Yeah. That weird. Doesn't look. Is, is it not that big? Oh, I don't even. <laughs> Probably like that big, I yeah. guess, actually. Huh? Dang. <laughs> yeah, they're like nine, ten feet. And where's the Galapagos? Uh, it's off the coast of Ecuador. Um, so, yeah, from Peru, I took a bus up there and had a plane flight out to the Galapagos. Dang. That was, yeah. Uh, have you heard of the Galapagos, right? I've heard of it. Yeah. So that's like where they kind of... Um, his name i don't even remember <laughs> but that's like you know the whole the whole finches and like discovering that humans evolved is finches uh the birds uh so they have <laughs> so finches i think it's called finch there are all these birds in the sky why am i darwin i okay. say he um he's realizing all these different types they're the same you know i guess breed of bird but they all have different beaks and he discovered that the reason they all have different beaks was because they mutated to break different like plants down to eat them. Mm-hmm. Like that beak served a purpose. And that's like, you know, that's how we discovered we evolved from apes. Like he was the guy that like realized that it was just a bunch of different mutations to fit like a certain need. Like, you know, you're whatever, like you're a certain type of, like you, you, you know, you needed to be smarter. So our brains developed so we could survive for, you know, build tools and hunt animals and learn how to farm. But he also, yeah, it's all started with the finches. It was just realizing that they all mutated so they could eat different types of seeds and nuts. And that was the reason the beak was that shape. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it's the most protected place in the world. Um, what like, do you mean when you say protected? Um, like nine, I think only four percent of the islands are inhabited um, because 
they it's such a sh- unique place in the sense that um, like s- there are so many different types of animals that are only from there because they didn't have um, all these crazy predators. So they evolved in these really unique ways and ended up like being like, a, like they would have probably died off anywhere else because a predator would have killed them. But because there wasn't predators and there was like, they just, they evolved differently. And it's, a, it was, a, there was all these weird trippy animals that just don't exist anywhere else in the world. So they've protected it to a point where, you know, most of the islands don't even have people on them. Wow. Uh, so it's pretty cool. You, see you got it. to go over there. Yeah, I went over there. That's like where they have those massive tortoises just walking around, like the ones up to here. <laughs> and they have they just have all these crazy birds that just do the most bizarre. Like it's one that just blows its neck up like this. <laughs> like it just it just doesn't make sense. They have they have marine iguanas, they have penguins, they have all these crazy different types of animals that you don't really find in many other places. Where is that? Galapagos. Can you stay there? On that island? Yeah, you can stay. There's, there's tons of different islands. Uh, but, but like Santa Cruz is where I stayed. Isabella is another huge one. But you can also just take do like day trips to like go visit it and see those animals like in their natural wow. habitat. And it's, it's like, uh, big animal guy. So <laughs> have you been, where else have you seen animals like that? Um, my family did a safari a long time ago, which is pretty pretty exciting to like go out there and see a leopard attempt to hunt and we got to see i don't know if you know like um the wildebeest every year they they uh they cross the nile river and we like they do it in like tens of thousands they just one person decides to go and they go and they gotta go at the same time because there's all these 10 foot Nile crocodiles just waiting to eat them. And we're just, yeah, we were, we got to see that. It's like a thing they, part of their migration pattern they do every year. So they they know that they have to sacrifice some of them. Yeah. Some of them get murked. (laughs) Like we were waiting, actually it was crazy. We're waiting. This is in Africa. This is in Africa. Yeah. This was in Kenya. And we're just waiting and there's, God, it must be thousands and thousands of wildebeest. They're all just kind of waiting for someone to, no one wants to lead the charge. And they lead the charge and they start going. And then next thing you know, out of nowhere, this jaguar just runs in and then they all freak out and just dip. Next, and there's just, I imagine, I just remember seeing like a big circle of wildebeest and the jaguar is just in the middle looking around, dust is flying everywhere. And they all just run back away from the river. And there's just this baby that's just running in circles right next to the river because his mom's already crossed. He's crying. He's freaking out. He's so it's to do like, oh my God, we're going to see this jaguar just murk this thing right now. He's just drawing attention to himself. Luckily, he he ran to the herd and then led the charge. And somehow he didn't get killed by the crocodiles or the jaguar. It was wow. like one of the coolest things to see ever. Uh, what, they, they can't kill the jaguar? Uh, like they could trample it probably, but yeah, it's definitely, that's what the Jaguar eats. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was freaking cool. <laughs> that's gnarly. Like, man. no, the baby's gonna die. Like, yeah. <laughs> in front of us. 
And, then, and they were like, oh my God, it's crossing first. All the crocodiles were like snapping at it. And somehow this thing was just had a gift from God, I guess, an angel just like <laughs> didn't want it to die that day. Wow. Uh, so it led the charge and then like thousands of them just followed behind. It was quite sightsee. Have you been to Tulum? Nope, never been to Tulum. That's pretty high up on the on the list though. It's heard. That's where everyone's going in quarantine. I've never seen like, I always heard about Tulum and all the cenotes down there and then you're I think you're pretty close to the pyramids as well. Um or the the Mayan pyramids. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, lots of cool stuff to see. I've heard it is real touristy, but that just basically means it's really nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you not looking for that? I don't know, like I don't th- like I really do want to go down there, but I definitely do miss that. You know, when it's really touristy, it's more westernized. You don't get that culture shock, and I yeah. love, I yeah. love that culture shock. And it's also it's cheaper <laughs> if you go somewhere that's less touristy. But I love that, like just feeling like I'm in a whole other world when I'm traveling. That's heavy, though, especially for our society, for people in our society. It's real heavy to go to a place and experience the raw place itself. Yeah, because. We're so in this technological world mm. where if we get out of that, it's heavy. Like you said, it's a culture shock. It's it's a lot to handle. Yeah, you know? no, it, it is at first too. Um, but I, that's that's like one of the major reasons. I, I think like, it's super important. I think it's good to see how people live. You know, you got to realize that not everyone lives like this. We, we, we're really, really fortunate and we have so much to appreciate. Like the fact that, you know, we have a minimum wage, we have, um, you know, being born in California is probably one of the luckiest things that could ever happen to you, honestly. And you're being born into a city, like especially San Diego, like you're being born around people who are really successful and you're around a lot of really smart people. You have running water. You have the ability to go buy food. You, you know, you, we have a lot. And it's definitely good to kind of give yourself that reality check to how fortunate you are sometimes. It's funny because if you were to tell someone to go to Peru or go somewhere else and experience that and take them out of this game it'd be hard for them to get out of it because they're so wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. So you take them out of it and they're like, whoa, like, I can't believe that's what, what I've been doing yeah. and what I've known as normal for so long. Like, Because I think that that's something that, I mean, just hearing it from you, it's like I didn't consider, you know, if we had running water or if we could go to a grocery store, like for Americans, that's a normal thing. Yeah, you, know? you, just, you realize how much you take for granted at times. It's it's pretty wild. You have electricity. Like, <laughs> you have a refrigerator. <laughs> like, it's pretty crazy how many people don't have these things, and it's it's pretty important to you know be thankful for all the little things. Well, and see, just like you said, like it it changes your whole mindset. It changes your whole perspective. And one thing that I know is that your perspective creates your life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's all, life is all how you look at things. 
hundred percent. You know, I couldn't agree with that more. You know, it's really easy to get down in the dumps, kind of beat yourself up over one thing, but you, you know, you can take a step back and look like, like, you know, the little things like hell I have running water. I've got great friends. Well, we've got everything pretty much, <laughs> but you know, just, we really do have so much to be fortunate. We live in one of the most beautiful places in the entire face of this planet, in my opinion. Perfect weather year-round. Just, you, you can't you can't really beat what we got. Yeah, I heard, I heard once, if you change the way that you look at things, the things that you look at will change. You know, so it just comes down to your perspective on every situation you know if i walk outside and i see someone give me a bad look well okay you know i wish them well maybe they're having a bad day yeah you know or i could look at it as like wow i'm attracting a lot of negativity people don't like me you know it's Mm -hmm. like well which do you want to look at it as you know exactly yeah if you want to it's like that uh the book seven habits of highly effective people this guy was you know he he was on the subway, I want to say, and he sees a dude whose head and his shoulders really stressed out, and his kids are just running around the place screaming, just kind of causing a commotion. He's like, finally, like, kind of worked up the courage, be like, "Hey, man, can you like get them to calm down?" Um, and the guy replies with, "Oh, sorry, uh, I guess I probably should. Uh, their mother died today, so it's kind of just a lot right now." You know, kind of taking yourself out and realizing, oh, man, these kids are being crazy instead of just wonder what he's going through. Like, and kind of putting your people in other people, putting yourself in other people's shoes. Yeah. And I think it's really powerful. Your perspective definitely changes, you know, how you look at life and what's important to you. And then... Because what I've always known is that things could always be worse, right? Yeah. You know, obviously you can always look at it. Things could always be better, right? I could have X amount of money. I could have, you know, this person with me or whatever it is. But you have to look at that in the same way in the opposite spectrum. You know, you could not be here in an office with water electricity things like that you know because what is there like two million there's like millions of millions of homeless children like in the world and yeah well it's wild to think that we were born in california (laughs) but we could have been born could be born anywhere anywhere it could have been not even in the united states uh, could have been born into a slum like well, look at India they have like outcasts in their society and it's like you're pretty they have a caste system and yeah it's basically a caste system and if you're at the bottom of the totem pole they call you the untouchables basically and it's really really hard to get out of that like you're kind of born into it you know your parents are poor you're poor and it's it's really a kind of messed up system that they have going on because it kind of keeps you at the bottom and keeps you at the top. Um, like they don't, you don't want, if you're in the untouchables, like they don't even want to. 
The untouchables are at the top? Oh, they're at the bottom. They're at the bottom. <laughs> you don't want anything to do with the untouchables. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Or, uh, That's gnarly. Born in communist China. <laughs> yeah. Born in... Because you could be born in America and you have the same opportunities as everyone else. You know, mm -hmm. if you're in poverty right now, it doesn't mean that you can be... Yeah, be you out know, of it. A star or, you know, big time, mm -hmm. you know. Whereas in other countries, it's not as um, prevalent. Yeah, well, if you look, you look at a communist country, like, kind of, there's no really room for growth in that. <laughs> is that what traveling really did for you, is put into perspective your life? Yeah, like what I thought was important and what I wanted, you know, I've always been a little bit of a hippie to an extent. Um, for a second there, I was like, this is what I want to do forever. And kind of realized, no, nah, this is not what I want. I really do want to have kids. I wanted to have a family. Um, I want to be married. Like, you know, so I want to, I want to be able to like provide for them as well. Um, and yeah, definitely living in a van in New Zealand is not going to cut it if I want to do all that stuff. And Well, where did that fall into the trip? That was separate? That was a separate trip, yeah. I actually, I flew out there the day before, March 16th, the day before. I had one final stint in, left in me. I kind of left my last six-month thing really with the travel bucks still. Like, I really wanted to keep doing it it was like a disease <laughs> yeah. honestly like i really wanted to do it one well, it's kind of like a high you know yeah it is it's, it's fun oh man it's fun um <clears throat> but yeah it's just kind of felt like i still wanted to do it there's a couple things that i you know i kind of cut my trip a little bit early because i had some medical things i had to come back for and Went back and was with Brooks and Josh. We went out the day before COVID kind of hit, I guess, the world. We were supposed to be out there for a month, or I was supposed to be out there for a month. Got locked down at Brooks's girlfriend's house for seven weeks. We They had the strictest lockdown in the entire world. In New if Zealand? You were If you lived in Del Mar, you weren't out there. You weren't allowed to leave Del Mar. You were not- In California? No, I'm saying like in New Zealand. I'm giving oh. you like an example. Like I was uh -huh. in a, I was in a town of two thousand people. Wow. In the middle of New Zealand. Right when this thing broke. Right when this thing broke, and I, you know, was supposed to be there for a month. Ended up they shut borders down. There was no flights. I ended up stuck there for about four months. Um, but in the first month of it, was the most strict lockdown ever. Like we weren't, we weren't allowed to leave our little farm town of two thousand. There was no pickup, no like uh, takeout, no restaurants were open at all. I've never cooked so much in my life. I actually learned how to cook. It was really, really great, honestly. <laughs> um, you, and you guys had access to a grocery store? Yeah, we had access to a grocery store. We bought a van out there so we could like drive to the store. We could have walked, honestly. Um, it was literally like the town was maybe like a mile long. <laughs> it was It was next to nothing. Um, so yeah, we were able to cook and we were so fortunate that Brooks's girlfriend at the time let us stay at her house. Cause otherwise our plan was to do a van trip for a month. We bought this van and 
it would have been absolute hell to have three dudes in a van parked in a parking lot and not have a bathroom for got you know seven weeks <laughs> it would have been it would have been a tricky situation so she really saved us on that one and then it ended up becoming the coolest trip i've ever been on that was so did they loosen up the lockdowns then you guys decided to go out on the van yep they loosened up the lockdowns the whole country was still shut down to the rest of the world so we were fortunate enough to be able to travel around a country with no tourists so you're going to some of the most famous spots in the entire country and you're you're the only one there wow it was you're surfing breaks that you've read about your entire life no one else is out it was it was just like us three kind of just trekking around the country and you know obviously three dudes one van kind of <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous two dudes in a van and one person camping and we were supposed to do it in like the, the fall because it gets pretty cold down there but then we had a seven week lockdown so we pretty much did it in the winter time so it dropped down to like 32 at night a lot and uh, it get pretty chilly but would you guys leave the car running no no, no way. <laughs> to keep the heater on? No, you just layer up, man. Wow. <laughs> but I got pretty used to that. You get used to the cold after a bit. Definitely. And it, and it made so much more possible, too, man. Like, if we if we didn't live in a van, New Zealand's not the cheapest country out there. Really? Um, yeah, so it would have been pretty damn expensive. We sold, I mean, we were selling the van for how much we bought it for, so we had a free place to stay for four months. <laughs> Dude, what did that do for you to live in a van? kind of just, like dude we definitely all broke down one day like it's it's like <laughs> i'll never forget that day what happened it was just like it was so cold that our cooktop wasn't working because it was too cold to get it to work so we couldn't eat i was basically living off nuts and raisins for like a week and I was just so weak and I'm trying to cook my food it's taking like 45 minutes because it's too cold to what heat were you it making up. I was just trying to make uh, eggs, <laughs> scrambled eggs. Yeah. And I just couldn't get the pan hot enough. And I'm just like so weak. Like, because I really have just not been treating myself. Because our cooker just kind of, because the further south we went, the colder it got. And our cooker kind of just didn't work for like three weeks. So it was kind of just nuts and raisins, honestly. But I don't know. Like, I guess it kind of makes you realize, like, Again, like all the stuff you take for granted. Like I spent three weeks at one spot when we were living in the van and the bathroom that I had to use was like this old turret thing where basically you shut the door and it's pitch black. There's no electricity in there. <laughs> so you bring your phone in or flashlight in, like kind of sitting there at the pitch black, like <laughs> trying to, you know, use the bathroom and and yeah, just, just little things like being more. You night. didn't want to leave. I left. I came home. <laughs> I but loved after it. After how long? Four months. I couldn't leave for a long time though. There was no flights home, so oh, it was it was the only way. I there was really no other option. But Sounds like you guys are stranded. We were kind of yeah. We were kind of were stranded, but wouldn't trade it for anything else. I was the best place in the world to be stranded. The Whole country ended up opening back up. There's no cases of COVID. I went out to nightclubs. I went to rugby games. 
went to life was completely normal why didn't you guys stay at a hotel then it's too expensive i did save up enough money for that <laughs> um but it was also locked down too yeah it was locked down for the first seven weeks of the trip and then the rest of it it kind of slowly phased out and then the end of it like that was like around june of last year um it's just normal and it has been ever since like josh is still out there they're going to, he's going to music festivals like they, they have no restrictions they have no covid either so wow. they're just they're really fortunate because they're just a small island in the middle of nowhere and it makes it a lot easier to control like they shut down the whole country when there's 120 cases so you know america had already shut down at that point as well so I feel like they had, they had a little extra, you know, they got to see the rest of the world crash and burn. And cause, cause they're the small little island in the middle of nowhere. It made it easier for them to be like, all right, we're going to take this really seriously. And then it's actually going to work <laughs> because we only have 120 cases. We can actually beat this thing. And they beat it, man. I think they've only had like 20, some, 20 something deaths. Do Whereas you, you look at us, like 500,000. <laughs> do you put a lot of thought into it when someone comes to you and asks you if you want to go on this trip? Or do you usually just say yes and then? Well, I definitely put a lot of thought into it. Like now I'm not going to do it anymore. I, you know, I, I will travel. Don't get me wrong. Like I'll go on a two week, one week trip. But I feel like I finally got rid of that travel bug. Where I after that to, trip after that trip man living in a van with two other dudes and but six see, that's surfboards so heavy that yeah broke me down man like i it's like some I, man versus wild trip. yeah we were basically just living like savages i probably showered once a week because we just didn't have enough money to like you know go go to these nicer places we would shower outside like at the beach it's like glacier runoff so it's like freezing cold and oh. it's also 45 degrees um so you're just standing there it's the first how'd you guys get water uh it, van life is very big out there it's um like you'll be driving through a small town in the middle of nowhere they'll have a street sign for like a bathroom and like a play, like you there's all these water stations that you could just fill we had a tank like in our van I got a five gallon thing or something. So we just fill that up and, and yeah, it was like the van life, they make it very easy for you out there. If there's a place to do the van, I would do the van. Like if anyone asks like how to travel New Zealand, it's a hundred percent the van driving around that country. It is the most beautiful country in the world. You'll be, you'll be driving next to a volcano, looking at rolling green hills with palm trees on them and the ocean in the background and then there's like a, it's just like five landscapes in one. It's a, I've never seen anything quite like it. It's like a rainforest over there. It's just, it's at a glacier over there, like all in, all in one span. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. This is really, really cool. Wow. Yeah. That's very different than America, right? With building houses, communities all in the same place. It's just you don't see as much of the nature side. Yeah, and the nature out there is, uh, there's just national park after national park after national park. It's so well protected and and it's like you'll drive, you know, America's very big, drive two hours, it's gonna be a pretty similar landscape. 
drive two hours in New Zealand, you're in another world. Wow. <laughs> you're in a whole other part of the country. And it's, it's, it's crazy how dramatic it changes and how quickly it changes. And how untouched it is too. Like there's, there's only 4.9 million people that live in that entire country. It's a pretty big country as well. Versus like what? That's like the population of LA. I think LA is bigger. Yeah. Uh-uh. Wow. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So it's just, yeah. It sounds like that's the place to go and get away. Steph, if you're into nature, it's, it's, uh, it's a dream. Where have you been anywhere in, in America that would resemble something like that? That's what's so cool about it, man. It's, it's, it's not like anywhere else I've ever been to. It's, it's a hiker's dream. It's because what's so cool is how you see so many different landscapes in such a sm- condensed area. Um, and there's just so much to see as well. It's, it's, uh, America, America's beautiful. I, lo- I love America, don't get me wrong. The national parks here are, are crazy. Well, that one in, in Vegas, right? Um, is it Zion? That's not Vegas. It's, that's in Utah. Um, oh really? Yeah, that's not too far from Vegas. Yeah, I don't think. Um, but yeah, so I like the Red Rocks. Oh yeah, it looks like it's melting. You feel like you're on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the coolest thing, and there'll be snow on it in the winter time. That was where I brought Bronson out to see snow for the first time. And you could snowboard and ski there. Uh, in Utah, not in Zion. Um, you could go so you'd up, have to drive a little further. I drive a little further. Yeah, I went up to Salt Lake City. Um, yeah, it's pretty. Utah is like a whole another world, <laughs> and wow. then you, yeah, it's, but everything in America is just so big. Like, <laughs> to drive to Zion, it's eight hours. <laughs> you drive eight is hours, it? and you. Yeah. Well, it's only five hours to Vegas. I mean, it's three hours from Vegas to Zion. I think so. Yeah. Wow, that sounds about right. Just did that drive. It was <laughs> drove all the way out to Colorado. That was a long one. <laughs> Dang. Uh, we stopped in Zion, did Bryce Canyon, and then almost killed ourselves driving in the middle of the night to Colorado. Why? There was just deer that just kept jumping in front of the road. All the roads were like frozen over. Um, did you have to put chains on? No, no. My I, I always my car's got four wheel drive. You know the Forerunner. Yeah. Um, now you don't really need if you have neat chains and a Forerunner. Don't don't drive. <laughs> like, yeah, it's probably too dangerous. That's to crazy, man. That ice is scary. Oh yeah, I, I just I almost died. I was on the way back. I was driving a buddy's car, or this is another. This is like a few weeks ago, and dude, it was so scary. We're just going forty miles an hour, and I try to brake, and it's like an ice rink on this road. Oh. I just go we literally go sideways. I look over at everyone else. They look so scared in the car. They're holding on for dear life. And then you then you try to correct yourself and then you just start spitting the other way. And then other cars are coming at you. It was driving in Colorado is different. It's hilarious because uh people in San Diego make their kids not go to school when it's raining. <laughs> Out there they've got blizzards, they've got frozen roads. Like it's, it's life like, goes on. <laughs> I think um California is definitely definitely has to be the most uh What's the word? Preppy or 
uh, we're kind of little bitches. <laughs> we're we're very spoiled out here. Weather does not exist. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, Southern California. Yeah, I mean, yeah. seventy and sunny. Seventy year round. and sunny rains. What's the last time it rains like seven days out of the year. Yeah, something like if that. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang. Nah. <laughs> well, it sounds to me like you got to get out more, or I do. Yeah, you not should. you. <laughs> I need to stay in a little more. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I definitely managed to get it all out of my system, thankfully. Living in a van will break it down like that. <laughs> well, I'm sure you have many more trips to go on in your life. Yeah, let's hope so, so man. We'll see. We'll see where to next. Hopefully the world opens up at some point and we can, we can start exploring a little bit again. You ever thought about driving into Mexico? uh like really far into it i've just down the coast of mexico down puerto Vallarta. oh i'd love to do that that'd be that'd be great i've driven down to like ensenada rosarito um i love mexico man (laughs) you're not scared to drive though because i've heard a little little, you know a little freaked out not gonna lie um but i always say like you know you hear sketchy stories but a lot of people put themselves in sketchy situations like don't drive at night you know, don't don't go talk to the guy selling drugs in the alleyway. For sure. <laughs> you know, be be smart, be safe. And I think if you do that, like you can't, you know, shit does happen. But I I, I was traveling for quite a long time by myself and I did have like one pretty scary occasion. But apart from that, like what happened? Um We well, we, I wouldn't say we're being stupid, but like we we were out late and um me and my buddy that i'd met in ecuador which is a little bit you know south america is a little more dangerous and you're not supposed to walk around with your phone out at night we got dropped off and right in front of our hostel he had his phone out um and these guys approached us and started pushing us and i thought they were trying to fight or something i didn't really know what was going on but then realized he had his phone out i like pushed this dude away um, who's like up to here on me, which is pretty small because you know, I'm not I'm not big by any means. <laughs> and he just comes at me with a knife and just what? slashed it right in front of my face. I was like, oh shit, they got a knife. And then my friend just like tossed him their phone and they ran off. Um, tossed him his phone? Yeah, because he had it out. Why? And, what's the deal with the phones? Well, that's. You know, a phone to them is like three months' salary or a year's worth of amount of money they could make. So wow. it's pretty dramatic. You know, that could really change. Yeah. That could change the course of their life if they have that kind of money, because they just you know they don't get paid like we do out here. So, yeah, you just you just gotta you know follow the rules. Don't be stupid. Shit does happen. It's That's scary, happen. man. That could have gone that, south. That one really freaked me out. I'm not going to lie. That one. I was a little spooked. <laughs> Dang. But. Did yeah. you get mad at your buddy? Nah. See, that's. No some... one was hurt. Like, yeah. I probably shouldn't have pushed the guy. Maybe, you know, you kind of want to just comply. It was also like three yeah. in the morning. So there's, there's a couple things we were doing wrong. Yeah, you definitely don't want to. Escalate the situation. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to get stabbed over a phone. Like, yeah. take my phone. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> That's, wow. This means nothing. He was just, he didn't care at all. He was actually a doctor. Uh, so he's really well off. And yeah. 
he just said, only thing he cared about was like, he lost all his pictures from the trip. <laughs> yeah. Dang, that's a bummer. Uh, yeah. Apart from that, man, like, I really do think as long as you play it safe, should be fine. Yeah, I mean, you can go get yourself in trouble in downtown San Diego Tra- late night. Walk around in some of those areas without a phone, with your phone out. I bet there's so many homeless people down there that someone will pick up on an opportunity late at night. Some crazy. Uh, (laughs) Who knows what to do with that whole situation, but it's getting getting real bad, especially during the pandemic. I feel like it's almost gotten worse. Living in PB, you get a get to see all of them <laughs> that's for sure well thank you for doing this man yeah thanks and for let's having do it me again on, soon. man yeah 100 man it's been a it's been a hot minute thank I you man. had a lot of fun thank all you. right guys later <laughs>